Welcome to the Cruise Podcast. Yesterday, we were talking to Ken Lennox, the royal photographer, and the Queen had just banished him. But he's back. So did the Queen forgive you in the end? Yes, belatedly. Right. But I go up to Braemar to do the Braemar Games, and I join other photographers and we're shown into our pen opposite the little sort of garden hut that they sit in and watch the games. And one of the Royal Detectives comes over. Uh, it was a guy who was shot uh, defending Princess Anne in the Mall. Remember the shooting there? Yeah. And he's a man from Sky. And uh, he came over, Donald, and he said, hey, Ken, I need a word with you. So I went over, he said, uh, you've got to get out of town. I said, what? He said, you've got to get out of town. I said, are you kidding? He said, look over my left shoulder, Ken. So I went, here's the Queen. Staring straight at me. It was the first time I'd been in their company since. So I packed my bags and all the other photographers said, What's happening? What's happening? I said, "Um, Do you remember the bikini picture? Yeah, so does the Queen. I'm leaving. So the next time I saw the detective was on the plane on the Monday morning. When it's BMR Games, they need extra security because of the crowd. So extra cops come up. And on the plane with some of the royal retainers changing shifts, I think, and um, the man from Sky. So he comes up to me and I said, is that me finished with royal family stuff? He said, "Ah, Ken, I would say no. I said, why? He said, the Queen was so delighted that she ordered you out of town and you actually went. (laughs) (laughs) So again, months later, the Queen was going to Portugal. Just a short three-day visit. And the Queen's private secretary phoned me up and said, Mr Lennox, would you like to come to Portugal with the Queen? It's a rota. We only want one person there. And um, you'll be given every facility, but it's quite low-key. And we're quite anxious to have a a good photographer on it to get the best out of it. I said, "Uh, Sir Michael, uh, definitely not. And he said, why not? I said, Sir Michael, remember the Queen's statement about the blackest day in British journalism? Yeah, oh no, Ken, you have told your size by then, he said. Very old-fashioned yeah, things. Yeah. And uh, I said, no, I would rather not, if you don't mind. He said, oh, you're being silly. He said, that's all forgotten about now. Uh, he said, you've a long history with the Queen. That was one incident, and uh, obviously it wasn't your, uh, it was your choice to go and do it. And I said, look, I would rather not, because the last time she ordered me out of town. And he said, what? I said, she ordered me out of town at the Braemar Games, and I left. He said, I never heard about that. And I said, well, that will give you a clue as to why I don't want to be there. So he phoned me a second time. I told the editor the first time, and he said, oh, you should go, because it would be a great story if she gives you a public rollicking. I said, are you kidding? Yeah, and you've got to take it as well. So um, I said to him, he said, oh, you should think about that. I said, I've said no. Anyway, Sir Michael Dean said, Ken, I've spoken to your editor. He recommends that you come. He's not forcing you to. Come along and, you know, bite the bullet, Ken. Don't be fearful. So I went along and it worked really well. Yeah. there was one photograph where the Queen's walking down the street between university students and they all wear cloaks and they took their cloaks off like Sir Francis Drake did yeah. and laid them down on the wet oh, pavement wow. for the Queen to walk over. So that picture yeah. published around the world. 
So at the end of every royal trip, there's a little cocktail party for the travelling press and the local press. And the travelling press stand back and let the local press have a chat because there is a chat involved. So the local press were all round about the Queen and I'm at the back sipping my very weak gin and tonic. Mm. And um, some Michael comes over and he said, um, come and say hello to the Queen. I said, no way, <laughs> no way. So I stay at the back and the Queen says her goodbyes to everyone and heads towards the door, which is over here. But instead of heading towards the door, she comes straight towards me and I thought, no, no. <laughs> so she comes right up and I give a little neck bow yeah. and she said, what's the playback, Mr Lennox? Playback means you hear from all the agencies how many photographs have published. Oh, I right. said, it's been very good, ma'am. UK, almost every paper used something. Um, everybody around the world used the one of the students casting their cloaks down into the floor. How many? I said, at least 300. That was the count at 9 o'clock this morning. It will probably be 500 before the day's out. That's very, very good, she said. I'm so pleased. And I take it the temperature here is more suitable than the last <laughs> job you had. So, oh, so she own. knew, or she Devin. knew, yeah. 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 Oh, wow, that's an Do amazing... Do the impression she always knew more than was said? She Did she have a hand in asking for you to go? Oh, uh, she Obviously, knew yeah. yeah. She knew everything. She even knew that I had been, you know, in trouble uh, with my wife because I was away for seven months every year when I was doing war. But when Diana came along, I was away ten months of every year. It was just everything she did. I mean, you'd go to Tokyo and all you would do is a big smiling close-up of the princess. Nothing of Japan in the background. All they wanted was cover pictures. And the bigger the smile and the bigger the head, uh, she always wore the right clothes. In the States, she wore a little sailor's hat, you know, with a little white hat. When she went to Germany, she wore this Prussian-type jacket with gold braid running across each side and uh, like a military cap she had on that. Now, if you want to take the mickey out of the Germans, you turn up wearing a military uniform. Yeah. But in Japan, she wore a kimono. Um, in France, she wore, you know, the latest stylish things and so on. And what would you say your most successful pictures of the Queen? The Walking in the Glen, way back in 1960. I've got lots of other photographs over the years at horse trials. Her actually papping me on a camera, which is quite wonderful. But um, that shot walking through the Glen is unique. It didn't publish for uh, years. Then Lady Magazine, somebody heard about it and phoned me and said, do you have a photograph of the Queen in a kilt, raincoat, stout leather shoes, ankle socks, walking through the Glen up at... Uh, Beaumoral. Yes, I do. Uh, one of my colleagues said he remembers this photograph from years ago. Um, and they used it. And because they used it, it then was picked up by the press all around the world again because they had seen this photograph that years before hadn't caused such a stir. How old was she about then when, when you took that? Right. She took to the throne, what was 25, was it? Yeah. Oh, that, wasn't it? She'd have been 29, I think. Right, so young. Oh, young. Yeah. I mean, I've got her with 
the little princess and the little prince Edward, the little prince, uh, Prince Charles was, uh, he's four, four or five years younger than me. Uh, so he was a bit, Anne was a bit older, but the younger princes, I actually photographed the Queen coming off a train at Aberdeen, uh, pregnant with um, her youngest Edward. Oh, really? And it didn't publish because they didn't publish photographs of the Queen. Pregnant pregnant. Mm, pregnant Queen. Mm. So given you've had such a close contact with the Queen, how much contact did you have with Prince Philip when he with was alive? Prince Philip was very forthright. Um, a little example was they phoned me and said, Prince Philip is flying uh, the Andover down from Dice Airport to London. He's going to see his mother, Princess Alice, and uh, she's in hospital in London. So I went out to Dice Airport. Prince Philip arrived, drove the car right onto the apron, got out, shook hands with Mr McIntosh there, airport manager climbed up into the plane and I saw him in the cockpit as the plane turned round and taxied out. The office phoned me from London again and said, Ken, just do a check in Prince Philip. He's flying into Dice Airport due to arrive at four o'clock. So I went out to Dice Airport. Mr McIntosh comes out, stands at the bottom stairs. Prince Philip comes down the stairs, shakes hands with Mr McIntosh, says a few words and walks towards the car. And out the corner of his eye, he sees me. And he does a sharp left and comes right up till he's there. And he says, has my face changed so bloody much in four hours that you need to re-photograph it? (laughs) (laughs) Anything but. (laughs) I heard from the office, that the Royal Train had broken down at Dundee and they had been pulled into the station at Dundee and Prince Philip was on the train and he got off and they had arranged a taxi from the Dundee co-op to take him to um, Omoro. But Dundee and Aberdeen are equidistant from Omoro. It's a triangle, two different roads. And... um, it was an Armstrong Sidley, a huge, big, you know, the big limousine Sidleys. And he got the driver and put him into the back seat. And the detective and Prince Philip took off for a memorial. The office told me, well, in those days, I drove a Saab Sprint, which was a three-cylinder, two-stroke rally car. I right. fancied my thing as a... yeah. So I jumped into my car, put my foot down and drove straight out to Wimola. The roads were clear. I had a really good run, parked up at the church and there's a Bailey Bridge built by the army across the river and uh, the Prince Philip had to slow down at that point and do a sharp left-hand turn. So I positioned myself in the driver's side and... I could hear him from miles away. He was killing the gearbox (laughs) through the hills. And I saw it from a distance and it came up and it did the sharp turn, slowed right down to my this bridge. And I took a photograph when he got about six feet away and it blinded him. Oh, no. And I turned and he was fishtailing through the bridge and stopped. Uh. Stop lights come on, the brake lights come on. And it stayed there, and the cop got out, and the cop come back. 
you're not going to like the language of the story, <laughs> but I'll tell it and I'll change the words there. The cop comes back and he said, Mr Lennox, I've got a verbatim message to you. Now remember, this is verbatim. If I find that idiot out in the open road again, I will run him over. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we'll need to you change just, that. Can't you bleep it? But that's not verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was great funny stuff oh, with wow. him over the years. I'll tell you another little story. The Britannia is sailing up uh, England's uh, west coast, up through past Isle of Man, up through the Scottish Highlands. On board the Royal York Britannia, there will be the whole royal family, the Queen and their family. So you're invited aboard to take a photograph. So uh, can you hire a trawler? They're going to rendezvous with you at the Minch. So I spoke to some various trawler owners out of Ullapool and I got one called the Golden Harvest and told the skipper what we were doing. So we went out into the Minch, which is an area around sky of uh, water. And uh, we were dodging, just going backwards and forwards, figures of eights. And um, we were told that the Britannia would get in touch on the radio to the skipper. So they had arranged to do that. So um, we could see the Britannia away in the distance, just a speck, uh, and still had no message from them. So I was getting a bit nervous. So um, And I was also worried about the transfer at sea from me onto the Britannia, you know. Yeah. How, how was I going to make that? So they steamed up, then they got in touch with the skipper and then said, we're not stopping, we're keeping going because we stopped elsewhere. So, but we'll slow right down and if you put your photographer into the stern of the boat, the royal family will come out onto the flying bridge and he can get his photographs. They'll come out on the port side. So if you travel along there, we'll only be doing a few knots. So... We're in position, I'm in the stern, I'm standing on, um, what do you call it, there's a big ramp goes down, you pull the fish bag up there, I'm standing in a uh, metal thing above that, being held on by two of the uh, fishermen. And I'm maybe 30 metres from the Bow of Britannia, and the Royal family come out along the flying bridge, all of them, and they wave and laugh and joke, so... I've got this great photograph of wow. uh, a unique photograph of them all on the bridge of Britannia. They loved the Royal York Britannia, didn't all they? All casually dressed. So. Yeah. So uh, they, they waved their farewells and left. I was disappointed not to have lunch aboard Britannia, but <laughs> I had a very good photograph to go with it. Oh, well, you could have lunch on P&O Britannia instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was asked to go with them to Belize, and I said no. And um, eventually... I was called to the press office at the palace and I was told what they were going to tell me was absolutely confidential. And they said, when the Princess Anne is in Belize, they're going to announce that she's uh, divorcing Froggy, mm-hmm. Mark Phillips. And I said, oh, What did you call him, Froggy? That was his nickname, Froggy. Oh, was it? Froggy! <laughs> you know, it's a very funny... Um, <laughs> when their romance was going on, um, romance is a posh way of putting it. They were in a horse box, 
and they would come out with straw in their hair, <laughs> knackered, pink face, and all that. And someone suggested there was a romance going on between, and the palace come out and said, there is no romance between Captain Mark Phillips and the princess, the princess royal, and three weeks later they announced the engagement. Mm. But Foggy was his name. Foggy. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. What would you say, I mean, this is obviously a very difficult question because you've taken so many photographs, but what would you say is your most special photograph, the one that everybody knows you for? I'm thinking of one. I'm probably, are you thinking of the same one? I don't know. I'm thinking of Mrs. Thatcher in Tears. Mrs. Mrs. Thatcher in tears. Margaret Thatcher. You know when she left yeah. Downing Street? You see, yeah. There was 300 photographers there. I was the only one who got it. Um, and that was because I had been her photographer for eight years. I was lent to work with her. I went all around the world with her. Tokyo, China, um, Middle East. But this is where I get back to the fact that you underestimate how much you knew these people, how, in fact, in a way, you were close to them to be able to sense these pictures before they happened. Yeah, and um, when I went back to Beijing, I was that was the first trip I did with her because I had been in China. I'd been in jail in China over there under the Mao Zedong and so on. And um, I was there during the Cultural Revolution. And when I got to the Great Hall of the People, uh, my boss, who was the head of the New China News Agency I was working under, was um, the Chinese Premier. He had been sidelined by Mao because Mao thought he was getting too um, clever. So he was the boss of the New China News Agency, and my boss, I saw him on a daily basis, and when I arrived back at the Great Hall of the People, here he was, there's the Premier of China. And um, it's Deng Xiaoping. And I get there, and there's a little tiny barrier, only as wide as that, with one Chinese photographer and myself. And um, he looks up and he sees me, and he comes over. Now, most people didn't know that um, Deng spoke perfect English. But he never would. It's like quite a few premiers in case they get something idiomatically wrong and make a clown of themselves mm. sort of thing. So he came over and said, my goodness, are you Mrs. Thatcher's photographer? I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, you've come up in the world. I said, what about you? You were the, the head of a... Chinese photo agency and now you're the premier of China <laughs> and he laughed and we were talking for a few minutes and he said, he had an earpiece and he said I've just been told the lady has arrived tell me something Ken is Mrs Thatcher really a man? Oh my goodness <laughs> So I said no no she's all woman I promise you and he, off he goes so I do the meet and greet thing there's a big long table Brits up one side I get them doing a little toast together and I run because that photograph's got to go around the world sort of thing, you know. So I transmit the photograph. It doesn't take long. I know all the guys at the agency and um, 
I go back to the hotel. It's not really a hotel. It's like a hotel run by the government. It's a government guest house, more or less. And I'm sitting in the settee in the foyer when Mrs Thatcher comes in, 25 miles an hour, handbag flying horizontally. And as she passes me, she looks at me and she says, Well, what was your answer? So I jump up. My answer to what, ma'am? She said, if I'm a man or not. Oh, my gosh, how did she know that? He told her. Oh. Um, anyway, I said, I, she said, what did you say? I said, I said you were all woman and as good as any man we've got. She said, you wouldn't say that. I said, why not? And she stopped and turned. She says, because you're a Scottish socialist. <laughs> What makes you think I'm a socialist? She said, all you Scots are socialists. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, she, um, you're very kind. Uh, I was away a lot with her. And she asked what happened to my wife when I was away. I said, well, she looks after the children. I've got two children, one at uh, university and one still at school. And um, a couple of weeks later, a car draws up and I blow hands and hands this card envelope and she opens it up and it's an invitation for one to have supper with Mrs Thatcher at the flat at number 11 Downing Street see the flat went up to the roof and took over the roof part of number 11 Downing Street to give them more room so she went in there uh, had supper up in the flat made of pasta with pesto and uh, she cooked for her Mrs. Thatcher made it. She cooked? Wow. And a glass of wine, and then she took her down and showed her all the portraits of the Prime Minister running up the stairs. She said, I'll be positioned there when I go. Took her down to the cabinet room, showed her all round, and sent her home in her car. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Wow. I I got to that silly stage whereby I almost became a... A celebrity myself. I was once billed as a celebrity celebrity photographer. Not he takes photographs of celebrities. He is a celebrity. Well, I think you are, Ken. Well, not really. Yeah, I think you are. I always put it that you've become a celebrity photographer when you finish taking the pictures and start talking about the fact yeah, that you... Yeah, absolutely. Have, I mean, you sit down and have a glass of wine. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but let's just say it's not all fun and games because you did get blown up and yeah, you yeah. were... You got shot very, in the groin. Yeah. Lost half my face and my hearing. Yeah. Uh, survived two air crashes, one in the North Sea, and the other one during Gulf War One uh, was the co-pilot and myself were the only survivors. The other five died. Amazing oh, yeah. career. Yeah. And you now talk about it on the ships. Yeah. yeah. Cruise ship to cruise ship. Small ships as well. Yeah, I do things for the Royal Photographic Society. I'm, I am um, an honorary, um, what do you call it? Member. God. Fellow. <laughs> fellow. A fellow. I'm, I'm a fellow, which is really the best thing I've ever had, you know. Mm. Yeah. I had a Lifetime's Achievement Award, and uh, BA turned up and gave two tickets around the world because I had spent, they had tracked me through my career that between BOAC, BEA and British Airways, I spent more than £3 million in air tickets. Wow. Wow. I was never out of an aeroplane. I hate flying now. Mm, I bet you do. Yeah. 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 
just so boring, you know. I've got lots of funny stories about things going wrong, things going right, you know, little things. Uh, story about Princess Anne. She's very difficult to follow, yet um, she once awarded me British Press Photographer of the Year. And uh, there was another guy who had won News Picture of the Year, and she posed between the two of us, and we were both vertically challenged. And she bent her knees to come down to her heads were level, and she said, Gentlemen, I'll never be this low ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and yet uh, I went to the desert with her and, uh, and Burkina Faso. And um, she's difficult. She won't pose for photographs. Uh, she's all the children's things. And they said, Would you pick up a baby, ma'am? No. Anyway, we were told by her equerry that they're going to take two of us out into the desert. And the princess was going to come into the desert in a racing camel. She's a, a member, she was an Olympic equestrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was going to circle round us and then go back home. So we were taken out into the desert when it was still dark. And just Jane and myself. And after half an hour, we thought, we just been dumped out here to get the princess to get rid of us, so we're not with her for that day. And But the dawn came up. We'd been taken out in the dark. And after about 20 minutes, a bit like Lawrence of Arabia, where you hear the camel's footfall going through the desert. Yeah. And way in the distance, we saw the princess's head coming up on this rise. Wow. And with the heat coming off the sun, she was all wobbly. And she went all round us. And Jane and I shot pictures all the way around, all the way around to you. As we got round, uh, the, the princess then had her back to us. So I shouted out, morning, ma'am. And she shouted back something so rude, I can't even <laughs> tell you. Well, Ken, it was really nice of you to invite us onto your boat. Yes, <laughs> onto your small ship. <laughs> Long may you be telling these tales. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. Thank <laughs> you.